Welcome to Business of Design. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. The Business of Design podcast offers immediate, actionable strategies and a glimpse into some of the many field-tested, proven systems you can implement to transform your business and your life. After the show, head to businessofdesign.com and get started with the BOD 15-step project management strategy and six foundational programs. Together, they deliver the systems, procedures, and strategies you need to run a successful, highly profitable design business. There's no theory here. The complete BOD business model is yours through Business of Design membership. Business of Design. There's only one. And now, your BOD Advocate-in-Chief, Kimberly Selden. to Business of Design, you fabulous design professional, you. So glad to have you here. I'm Kimberly Selden, Advocate-in-Chief at Business of Design, and I will be joined today by the lovely Angela Kristen Taylor. Angela is a productivity coach, and she's going to share with us some insights about how we can stay focused on a vision that really lights us up and excites us and stay out of the weeds, stay out of the weeds when we're working on a task and we're not even sure if that's ultimately getting us toward the vision that we were really excited about when we launched our business. It's funny, but as I was having the conversation with Angela, I was initially thinking that this was kind of a one-time thing where you set a kind of vision for your business and you keep your eye on that ball and you keep working toward it. But by the end, I sort of discovered that, no, this is something that you want to revisit from time to time and change up as you know more, as you want more, as you are more clear about who you are in this world. I appreciated the reminder not to be focused on the task, but rather to make sure the task is leading me toward my ultimate goal or desire because I'm one of those people who can just stay busy being busy. So that, I think, is a really important reminder. If you'd like to schedule a productivity breakthrough call with Angela, you can do that by going to businessofdesign.com and click on the link. She says she has a robust, very detailed questionnaire and that she can usually tell where you're stuck within five minutes or so. Intriguing, right? I'll tell you someone else who's intriguing, Cheryl Horn. Let's hear announcements today. What's going on at Business of Design, Cheryl? Well, I will keep it short today because you are off to Australia and you've got a couple days to sightsee before our BOD 15 two-day intensive seminar, which is happening March 6th and 7th. It is only a week away. If you still want to join us, please uh, head to the website businessofdesign.com and get your tickets now. Um, It's going to be two very full days, uh, boot camp version, BOD 15, whether you are learning it for the first time, longtime member, that you want to retake the systems, uh, clarify the systems, or want to be held accountable to really implement this into your business, uh, don't miss out. BOD doesn't get to go to Australia every day. So uh, it is only a week away. Uh, Register now. Again, March 6th and 7th, details registration on the website. And then you get to enjoy a little more of Australia and you are off to Bali for a long overdue retreat. Um, And when you get back, uh, we have more events lined up. So uh, we'll also be in High Point 
doing its payday, which is on April 24th. That's going to be followed by a BOD boss meeting, which is exciting for us as well. So uh, if you are interested in uh, High Point, Boss, Australia, head to the website. Details are there. By all means, reach out to me, Cheryl, at businessofdesign.com if you're interested in any of these or have questions. Um, But enjoy Australia, and I will see you when you get back. Uh, I'm going to miss you, but you know what I'm not going to miss? I am not going to miss clients and projects. Not this time. No way. I'm going to leave everything with the team and enjoy myself. Looking forward to seeing those of you in Sydney and some of you at High Point and some of you in South Carolina and the rest of you, come on, let's meet up somewhere. In the meantime, enjoy the show. We're really glad you're here. Good morning, Angela. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. How are you doing? Well, it's morning for me, but where are you? And and maybe it's not morning wherever you are. Oh, no, I'm in North Georgia. It is 9.30 a.m. Okay. Well, we are, we are synced up, which is great. And a good segue to today's topic, because we're actually going to talk about one of the key ways we sort of unsync ourselves from being in alignment, and that's by being unfocused and having a lack of clarity around what it is that we want to achieve. Do I have that right? Yeah, absolutely. So what I found is that a lot of us, when we are trying to build uh, the ideal business, the ideal life, what we, we tend to get hung up on are the numbers of everything. You know, a lot of times people say, well, how much money do you want to make? And then they try to get you to backtrack your goals based on a dollar amount rather than creating an actual vision for what you want to experience in your life and in your business and how those two things feed into one another. I call it setting your GPS so that, you know, it's, it's funny because we get in our car and we're totally familiar with the concept, right? Even if you're going to the grocery store up the street and you know exactly how to get there, you, you still program it into the GPS because you want to make sure that there's no traffic, there's no backups, there's no, you know, police with a speed trap, whatever it is. And so you program your GPS, you set it so that you can get to your desired destination as quickly as possible. But when we think in terms of our life, our business, we don't set our GPS. And that's what's missing from our focus. So do you think this applies? This is interesting because I know a lot of female entrepreneurs, particularly, well, I shouldn't say female, entrepreneurs who are are in the interior design business who actually... Mm -hmm are good at setting a long-term vision for Mm -hmm. what they want, but, and and I would say that they are less good at figuring out how much money they want to make. And sometimes between those two things, there's a whole lot of work that has to happen. So do you think that it's just that they set the vision initially and then they completely ignore it? They abandon what they thought of and they turn their attention to the tasks immediate tasks of earning money? What is it? Because I feel like creative people do sort of think of a vision. Yeah. So what I found is that it, it you have an overall vision, but it's it's not 
like all the, the pieces don't fit in there, right? So like money, for an example, is a tool. It's a resource that helps you do the things that you want to do. It allows you to have certain experiences or um, allows you to give in a way or contribute in a way or whatever. You know, it's, it's, it's helping you build what you want to build. And so when you do have an idea of what your focus is, and it's a really strong strategic focus, you've got it, then you have to line up the other pieces. So that's not the only piece, that's just one. And so what I do is I set up that focus, setting the GPS, and then once you have that, then you figure out how to allocate your time so that you're actually doing those things to achieve that end goal result, right? And so sometimes we think in terms of like this, this future that we want to create, but we're not actually creating it in the moment, right? So like one, one of the things that I did um, when I was first doing this was I realized that there were th- certain things that I was putting into my, into my time, the way I was allocating my time on my calendar and throughout my day in my life and in my business that did not feed into my vision. Uh So I was always looking at my vision as something far out into the future and not thinking of how we could actually bring it into my experience today. So the tasks that you do on a daily basis should be feeding into and leading you toward the ultimate destination. And if you lose sight of that, that's when you get that feeling that you're unfocused, you're not sure where you're going, you don't feel like you're in your true place, you're not aligned. Yeah, well, you know, I always say that productivity is rooted in emotion. And uh, I look at it as a a four-part process, emotion, energy, time, and focus. And so we start with focus, and then we use that to figure out how we're allocating our time. How does our time need to be spent to achieve that vision and to achieve it now? Okay, I'm going to just back up just for me. Probably Mm -hmm. you you all have a a better idea, but for some reason I'm stumped on this. So I'm an interior design professional. I'm going to set my GPS and I want a big picture vision for where I'm going. Can you give us some ideas, Angela, what what that might look like? Because I think for a lot of us, it's like, I want to have a company and I want to be published and I want to make money and I want great clients. And that's kind of the end of it. Is that good enough? Or can you give us better examples of what an interior design professional might think of as the big focus? So realistically, what needs to happen is you're pulling in, well, let me put it this way. Uh, Vision Lakiani, who's the founder of Mind Valley, he has a, a three-step process for creating a focus. And it's understanding what you want to experience, what you want to do to grow so that you can feed those experiences, how you want to grow, how you want to learn, educate yourself. Uh, and then what you want to contribute. So if you under if you understand what you want to experience, how you want to grow, and what you want to contribute, then you have a good idea of what you're trying to build, what you're trying to create. I think a lot of people get really hung up on I want to do this thing, this thing, this thing, and sometimes those things that they're wanting to do are not end goals. They're a means to an end, right? So money is a really great example of that, but writing a book could be an example of that too. So if you say, well, I want to write a book 
because I want to draw more people to my business, then your end goal is to draw more people to your business. It's, it's not to write the book. So the book is a means to an end, and therefore it's going to be much more difficult for you to achieve that goal because you're focused on the means and not on the end. Does that make sense? Right. Okay. Can you put some specifics around it for our industry? Because I know you said you work with designers. Mm-hmm. So what what would be some yeah, specifics? Yeah. So the specific is specific to the individual. Okay. It's specific to the individual. So, and it's a combination of life and business. So when we're thinking about what our focus needs to be, we need to be thinking in terms of what is it that we really, really want to create for ourselves. So usually when I'm asking someone that question, it, it, it's about their bit. So for instance, an interior designer will say to me, I want to help people experience beauty in their daily lives and say, okay, well, why do you want them to experience that? Well, when I was growing up, I felt like there was nothing around me that was beautiful. And I felt like everything was just a monotonous, just constant overflow every single day. There was chaos. There was disorganization. There was just everything around me just felt awful and heavy and weighted. And I want people to experience lightness and brightness and and happiness and joy. And I want them to feel that in their lives. And so that may be the driver behind why they're an interior designer. And so then that becomes the focus And when you make that your focus, and that's part of your contribution, right, is creating a more joyful experience for for the the clients that you serve by helping them experience more lightness in their lives. Right. So it's about identifying that why. Exactly. But making that why tapped into your passion, your emotions, because that's what really drives me. And that is why I say productivity is rooted in emotion. But when we go back to that four-step process, that when we identify that focus for what it truly is, away from the, I should do this, or I could do this, but really around the experiences, the growth, and the contribution. And then tying that into how you're spending your time. Because it's just like, you know, if you say, I want to write a book, but that's just a means to an end, then you may be writing a book because you think you should versus writing a book because you really want to share your message with people that maybe couldn't afford your, your services otherwise. Mm -hmm. Right. So you look at it from what is the why behind why I want this. Mm -hmm. And then you use those things to allocate your time. And then you figure out what do I need to do in my life to create the energy in my body to be able to go out and actually do these things. So you're not waking up in the morning saying, I don't feel like it today, (laughs) but you actually feel like you're motivated and you're excited and you're ready to go out and do these things. And then you take a look at anything that you feel like holds you back. So when you're, when you're in that moment of doing something that, you know, this, this is something I want to do. This feels really good. This is going to light me up. And then you stop yourself, you pull yourself back and you go, I don't know if I should do this. I don't know if people are going to respond well to this. If I do this, what are people going to think? 
right? And that's the emotional stuff that stops you. And those are usually the internal stories and that have been created over time through the authority figures that we've had in our lives from childhood on up. You know, and it, it just, even well-intentioned, loving parents can help you craft these really negative stories that hold you back, making you think, oh, I'm too much. Oh, I'm not enough. Oh, I don't deserve this. Right? And it's all those stories that stop us from creating that focus that really lights us up and that we want to share with the world because we feel like maybe they won't listen. Maybe they don't want it. And now a word from our sponsors at Daniel House Club. Hey, you design pro, I've got a few questions for you. Are you feeling overwhelmed by countless vendor logins, sourcing from too many links, and tracking order statuses across multiple projects? Well, Daniel House Club is here to help. Because they're founded by designers like you and have faced the same issues you do, they work to offer the most streamlined process to manage your projects, orders, and delivery statuses all in one place with one login. Daniel House Club is redefining the design business with the industry's lowest trade pricing and flat rate shipping across top vendors like iColts, Theodore Alexander, Curry & Co., Four Hands, and more. Discover a better way to take control of your business with Daniel House Club. Join as a Pro Plus member today and get 50% off your membership at danielhouse.club backslash BOD. With proven experience, Daniel House Club has strategies in place to serve design teams of every size so you can take control of your business. And now back to the show. Right. And do you find like once... Is there a, a sort of a methodology for reminding yourself what the vision is? Because I'm one of those people can get, who can get sidetracked and dig deep into a task that really isn't necessary. <laughs> you know, I can write the book that I don't need to write, for example. Sure. Um, so how do you keep people aware of and mindful of what they initially wanted to create? Yeah, so there's a few different ways around that. Um, one is writing them down, creating three columns, experiences, growth, contribution. Set a timer for 15 minutes or five minutes for each category and write down everything that comes to your mind. And then afterwards, sort through and say, is this a means to an end or is this the end goal that I actually want to create? So that what you're left with is a list of experiences, growth, and contribution that are your actual end goals. And then you look at the things that you're doing in your business. You look at how you're spending your time and you say, are these things actually getting me to these end goals or are they not? One of the things that I did immediately when I did that was realize that I didn't like working on Fridays and Monday was my favorite day of the week. And sometimes I felt like working, sometimes I didn't, but I wanted that to be my choice and not have clients booked on that day. And that I really only wanted to work the first three weeks of the month and I didn't want to work after 2 p.m. So I got myself to the point where I was only working Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from nine until two and only the first three weeks of the month. So I crafted a 45-hour work month for myself and did that immediately based on creating a focus and realizing that I wanted to allocate my time to other things that weren't necessarily work-related, but fed my spirit, which fed my creativity, which fed my work. 
I understand all that. I'm curious how you tie in things like, well, for example, in my case, my the stories that I was told as a younger person were, you know, mm-hmm. don't rock the boat. Nobody likes a show off. Uh, nobody yes. wants you to be the smartest person in the room. Be quiet. Sit there. Do the right thing. Don't complain. You know, all of those kinds of things. So mm-hmm. I, I started my career without even thinking about making money. That seemed like something that would just naturally come later, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. So in fact, I do think for some of us, part of the focus might be creating enough wealth so that we can feed our family, so that we can grow a retirement nest egg or whatever. Is that Can that be part of it as well? Or is that just too crass? <laughs> well, no, it's not too crass, but it can be part of it. But you have to find something deeper within that that's lighting you up. So for instance, like saving money for retirement, right? That in itself feels... It, it doesn't feel like it lights you up. It's like, oh, that means someday I have to stop working. Oh, someday I'm going to be old and not be able to work anymore. And a lot of people, when they get into that position, if they don't have that retirement nest egg, well, then they don't have enough money to survive or to take care of themselves. And what if their kids don't step in? And it just puts you into this whole space of fear. And and that is a space that we want to avoid because fear is just something coming up inside of us that needs to be released. We need to un- understand it. We need to come from a space of saying, okay, I see you. I'm going to put you over here and I'm going to look at you until I understand why you're here and where you're coming from. So you can look at retirement and say, when I stop working or when I choose not to work in the same way, this is how I would like to earn my money. And this is what I would like to do with that time in my life. Mm-hmm. And then you cr- start to find the things that light you up. And again, it creates a focus of this is what I want my retirement to be. This is how I want to enjoy that time. This is who I want to spend my time with. Mm-hmm. And then you say, okay, well, in order for me to do that, then I need to have these investments set up or I need to uh, create this amount of money and, and allocate this much into investments each month or, or what, whatever, however you want to take and earn that money and make it work for you. Yeah, I guess throwing retirement in there right off the bat seemed a little dark, but you, it's fine to say, I love travel and I'm going to spend yes. a month a year in exotic adventure travel. And so I need to be able to fund that. Um, or exactly. I, right. Okay. So, so it's important. It's not just a work goal, but it's about what you're going to achieve and accomplish for yourself. Exactly. And, and, it, and, and for the people that you care about, right? So one of the things that I really put a focus on, my husband, and I have five kids and four of them are grown. Adults. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just have two. So I feel like that's a lot for me. Two we do. is we a lot. Five we is have a amazing. lot. Yeah, we have five. So um, our youngest is nine. Our next youngest is 20. And then they go up to 27. So uh, four boys, one girl. And um, so when I am throwing that, that vision out there and what I'm imagining is a space where we're all doing something together. We're all working together. We're all enjoying our time together. And that feeds specific goals that I have for how we're spending our time together, how we're, uh, where we live, um, 
you know, what we do in our work and how we create different income streams all comes from our space of being together as a family. That's where kind of where your life and your business sometimes cross over because like you said, you may want to travel. What if you want to travel with your family or you want to every Christmas you want to spend, um, you know, holiday season, you're going to spend in the mountains in a mountain lodge with your whole family and just really enjoy that time together. And everybody gets to take an entire month off and spend that time together. And it's like, okay, great. How do you create that? So it sounds like your vision is something that's going to change year over year, right? As your needs change, as you, as you get more clear about who you are and what you want to achieve, you may start out uh, being a business owner who doesn't have children, then you have children, then you have teenagers, like Mm -hmm. it's going to change, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And here's one thing that I use um, that has just been super, super helpful for me, for all my clients, is time journaling. So when you when you first create that focus, sometimes it's hard to segue between, okay, here's the focus I have. This really lights me up. I feel really good about this. Um, this is how I'm spending my time now, and I'm not sure how to make these two things fit together, right? And so what you do is you just spend a week doing your normal activities and you're writing down what you're doing, when you're doing it, like how long it took you, right? And how you felt when you were doing it. So what happens then, and it's just like keeping a food journal, except for you're you're managing your time now instead of your your food, is you're, you're figuring out when you enjoy working on specific things and when you don't what things you're trying to fit into your day that you feel like you just don't have time for and what things you're doing that they just don't light you up at all, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that really helps you because after you, you keep a time journal for a week, you can go back to that, look at it and analyze it. And this is how I came up with my 45 hour work month was realizing when my energy picked up when I was really, really focused and in tune, when my energy started to drop off um, and and how that energy would drop off on a daily basis or a weekly basis or even a monthly basis. And that I wanted to stay in a space of being lit up, feeling good, um, feeling creative. And the only way I could do that was by giving myself the time that I needed. And that that's different for everybody. So that's why, you know, a lot of times when you, you have somebody else has a system and then they say, here, do this, join the 5 a.m. club or something like that. It's like, great. Okay. But you know what? Not everybody's a 5 a.m. person. Some people are very creative at night, really late at night. And that's where they get their best ideas. And, and not everybody is a morning person. I'm, I'm a morning person, um, but not everybody is. And so I think it's important that we honor who we are and what we want and how we feel and not try to um, make ourselves fit a mold that was designed by somebody else, which goes back even to what you were saying, very, very common voices and and messages that we get in childhood where, and that's somebody else's mold. It's not ours. And so we have to figure out what, where we fit and how we fit. 
And, and that is when we start to really create that vision, how we use our time to feed that vision, how we create the energy to feed that vision, and how we craft an emotional state that allows us to always go and take bold actions in the direction of that vision. Is there a telltale sign that you're off the beam? Some some way that you know for sure you're out of alignment and you need to slow down and check back in with that vision? Yeah. So I think it's a little different for everybody um, as far as like what things stand out the most, but I'll say the most common things are starting to feel overwhelmed, starting to feel like um, things are chaotic or starting to be dragged down a... Um, a path of what I call the clutter cycle. So we tend to start collecting, whether it's things, projects, um, planners, pets, whatever, you know, going out shopping and buying things that we don't need. We just start to go out and collect clutter and pull it around us as a means of avoiding something that we're feeling. And when we start to do that, we're, we're out of it. We're totally out of alignment. Yeah. Interesting. And I, I like, I can sort of feel what that feels like, that retail therapy mm-hmm. where you know you're like, why why are you even doing this? You've got stuff you need to yeah. do that will actually make you feel better. Yeah. And it, it's 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 some something that we're looking for to comfort us, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So some people reach for food, some people reach for, you know, even more negative things like drugs or alcohol, but some people reach for things like, uh, for me, it was animals. I, and I had five dogs, um, when I was in my twenties, simply because of the fact that every time something would come up where I would feel this emotional feeling, I would want to go out and save an animal. <laughs> and cause I was like, this makes me feel better. Right. No. Yeah. And I ended up with a house full of just dogs and dirt and mess and everything. It was just such a disaster. And I was so overwhelmed. And I was overwhelmed by these all these animals that I brought into my home. And But I did it from a space of already being overwhelmed with something else. Yeah. That totally explains my uh, obsession with open-toed shoes. <laughs> and I live in Toronto <laughs> half the year where, you know, you can only wear them three months of the year. So hilarious. Oh, I grew up wow. in Florida with an obsession for boots. Exactly. <laughs> so right? Feel you exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, thank you. Interesting. We're all going to give some thought now to, are we chasing the mean or are we really focusing on the end goal and tying our activities into that end goal. Good, good conversation. We like to end every episode with something called design intervention, just a great piece of advice for entrepreneurs. And the big thing that has really driven me forward was, and it's something we kind of touched on in the conversation is don't go after, don't try to live and put yourself into the mold that other people have created for you. Go out and, and do the thing that really lights you up. Don't don't try to fit yourself in someone else's box. Very nice. Thank you, Angela. Thank you so much. Ah, you're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for listening and supporting the BOD mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. If you're ready to implement an exact business model for running a streamlined, profitable business, field tested by thousands of design professionals around the world, head to businessofdesign.com and get started today.
It's time to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. 